delve into that a little bit deeper in just a moment. Uh, but I want to invite you to uh, stick with me uh, toward the end of the show uh, when I'm finished my interview with Heather. Um, I have something I want to share with you uh, to create uh, a spa day for yourself at home. Uh, I think uh, we all need this, and this is um, – simple things we can do to kind of help our mental and physical health and some fun stuff too and it's not complicated it won't turn into um, another chore or thing for you to do Um, so stay with me uh, and uh, I'll definitely share that with you Um, and uh, just Real quick, before I uh, invite Heather to uh, talk to us about her new deck, I want to tell you about uh, her extensive background. Uh, Heather Mendel, she is uh, South African-born. She's a mystic artist, author, and speaker. She offers workshops and seminars uh, on contemporary Kabbalah and consciousness. Uh, The Disobedient Kabbalist and her other video series are available on YouTube. And um, from her home studio, a word of art, she creates creates her artwork, including uh, kaleidoscopic mandalas and fractal designs combined with words of spiritual empowerment. Uh, And she's also found the time to author five books. Uh, These include The Voice of the Oracle, The Sacred Mandala Tarot, Mystery, Mindfulness, and Manifestation, The Syzygy Oracle, I'm not sure if I got that one right, I'll have to ask her, Uh, Dancing in the Footsteps of Eve and Toward Freedom. Uh, Her artwork is displayed in her card decks, uh, the Sacred Mandala Tarot, the Syzygy Oracle, and uh, the Sacred Mandala uh, Lenormand Oracle. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm murdering these words, Heather. Uh, all of her books and decks are available from Amazon uh, or her own website, which is sacredfemininekabbalah.com. Uh, and uh, she offers uh, Kabbalistic card and consciousness readings and, uh, you know, by appointment. And uh, she calls it Tarot with a Twist, and it's not what you think. So anyway, Heather, uh, Heather Mandel, welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Hi, Karen. It's wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much for um, this opportunity to be with you. Once again, our relationship goes back many years, and it's wonderful to be here. Well, I'm so glad to have uh, have you with me. I mean, you're just an incredible artist and mystic, and you have so much to offer. And, uh, you know, it's not even, you know, just about the work you put out in the world. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you're one of these people that really walk your talk. And, um, you know, I just want to, you know, take this opportunity to say, you know, publicly again, thank you so much uh, for helping me with Awaken the Feminine. I mean, you were there for me at a really dark time and made sure that books saw the light of day. So um, thank you, sister. Um, I really appreciated that. My, honestly, from my heart, with the greatest of pleasure, I know how much you put into it. And it was at a time where I had the time and the experience of having put material down to be printed, you know, to be self-published. And um, 
it seemed like the right thing at the right time. I learned a lot from doing it, and I'm so happy that together we were able to get this done, and hopefully people are appreciating the many voices that you brought forward at a time that we're living in where the voice of the sacred feminine needs to be amplified not only in our own personal lives but certainly communally. Well, well, so true, you know, because, um, you know, uh, and look, and I'm not saying this to be, you know, uh, to be unkind, but so many people talk about stuff like this, but they don't walk it. Uh, but you know, you're you're not one of those people. You walk the talk, and um, and you know, Awaken the Feminine is uh, back. You know, is on Amazon because of you, and pretty soon it's going to be an ebook form on Amazon. And uh, again, I uh, you know. You, you were so generous. You know, I'm glad it worked out for you. There was some ease there for you. You know, it came at a, you know, an opening for you. You know, I guess the universe was trying to help us both. You know, the book was meant to get out there. Um, so thank I you. Believe, Just thank you so much. Really my pleasure. And in point of fact, you've been kind enough to uh, start promoting talking about this Parallax Oracle having gone through the experience of helping you bring together many voices and remembering how to do the actual publishing of the work set me in a good place for something that I've been working on for about seven years. And um, yes, that's why I say it came at the perfect time for me to get me back in the right space to continue with my own work. So please no need to say thank you. Just happy we could do this together. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I mean, that's, uh, that's partnership, right, when you create these win-win situations. Uh, but let's, um, but, you know, this, uh, this shows about your new work. Uh, I mean, you have so much of it out there, as, you know, your bio, uh, you know, uh, proves out. Um, so this is, this is maybe your third deck, Heather, am I understanding that right? Well, you know, I've done uh, several Lenormand. Don't worry about the pronunciation. A lot of people are not familiar, particularly in the United States, with the Lenormand decks, which are a different way of reading oracles. So I've done two of those, and this is the third or fourth tarot deck that I have been working on this one in the making for about seven years. Um, wow. The work began when I still lived in California. I was in Carmel and really saw the need of trying to bring tarot and Kabbalah together and worked for, again, about five or six years on creating Again, a horrible name, Syzygy, horrible only that nobody really knows how to pronounce it. But it, the title came to me just as it did for the Parallax Oracle in the process of my own intuitive work and looking for a name that would encompass what I was doing. Both of these words appeared at the right time, and when I looked them up, because like most readers, 
I was not familiar with the definition of either syzygy or parallax, but when I looked these words up, I realized my intuitive was really working and that the universe has a wonderful sense of humor. The syzygy oracle really brings conscious and unconscious thoughts together, and the word syzygy talks about bringing the sun and the moon, which I think are wonderful symbols for the conscious and the unconscious, into a certain alignment. Uh, it's an astronomical term, but really fitted what I was doing all those years ago on the syzygy oracle. This music wow. is called Parallax Oracle, and I discovered that parallax means things look different according to where you are viewing them from. And for the work that I'm doing in this particular deck, the name once again seemed perfect. Well, now you see, I would have thought, and, and maybe this is part of it, but when I saw parallax and I saw the fusion of Tarot and Kabbalah, I am automatically thinking it's, uh, it's something that's on a parallel track that sort of finds, um, you know, where they overlap. You know, they're separate tracks, but they're running in this parallel direction. Um, does, uh, does that make any sense? Is that part of it? That makes perfect sense, and that's what I thought the word parallax meant. And in point of fact, it really does, because it's blending two different streams of looking. However, I discovered according to the dictionary, there is really this idea of depending on whether you're looking at the tarot as a Kabbalist or you're looking at Kabbalah as a tarot reader, you may start to see different things than you would have had you not had the other discipline. And it kind of um, is the way I think we look at life. Um, we see things through our own perceptual screen. I know Deepak Chopra is constantly reminding us that reality as we see it is the way we are perceiving things through our own mind and our own belief patterns rather than just an objective reality that is out there. And so Parallax would be seeing things... would be seeing things from two different perspectives as well as realizing that where you are viewing something will determine what you see. For example, with the tarot deck, if you believe that tarot is a fortune-telling device, you're setting up an expectation that this is what the cards will do, and in fact, that's what they do for you. For somebody else, like myself, who is not as interested in predicting what is going to happen, but rather viewing what is going on right here and right now, I get those kind of messages in using the tarot deck 
as a spiritual practice rather than a prognosticative tool. So the way we set things up, the viewpoint from which we start is, I believe, what we get, whatever we do. We do it unconsciously in most of our lives and don't really think about it. But certainly when we're coming to tools that increase our own ability to use our intuitive gifts, I think the intention that we start with will determine the results that we get. That's very interesting, Heather. Uh, it, that really is. So, so let me ask you, since you know this is an audio show and we don't really have the ability to show any of the images, um, you know, first I want to you know uh, punctuate the point that you know each uh, each of these cards in the deck uh, is in itself. A work of art. I mean, you're an artist. You're you've created the content of each of these cards. Um, how many cards are in the deck? And when someone looks at them, is this a marriage of tarot symbology with Kabbalah symbology? Yes, I'm going to go back through the various parts because you've asked several questions in one. For people who are familiar with the tarot deck in terms of numbers of cards, tarot, a complete tarot deck, comprises 78 different cards divided into two, and we refer to them as the major and the minor arcana. Not that one is more important than the other, but the major arcana consists of 22 cards that are really filled with archetypal images that talk about the overall soul journey that we are each on. The second part of a tarot deck is referred to as the minor arcana that is divided into four suits of 14 cards each. And in fact, Karen, a lot of people are not aware that the playing cards that everyone knows actually derive from the minor arcana of the tarot. And so when you're looking at my work, the first of these two decks, the Syzygy Oracle, dealt with the major arcana too, where I did use the Hebrew letters as well as various goddess figures that I combined in the images that created the cards of that deck. This newer work, the Parallax Oracle, has got the uh, 54 cards, as I've said, or 56, sorry, my math is not very good. The 56 cards of the Minor Arcana divided into four suits, and I've used the image of the Tree of Life and a number and a symbol as a very simplistic way of looking at the bare bones of what the tarot card is actually telling you. Okay. Well, um, well, let's go back to what you said a moment ago. When you use these decks, um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> but yes. when you use these decks, they, they kind of tell you where we are, are at right now. Um, if 
I guess I'm wondering if you were using the deck and you were kind of doing a reading, um, where do you see us, you know, and when I say us, I guess I'm more specifically talking about the United States. Um, If you can answer this, where do you see us in terms of um, where where we're headed, you know, what's happening to us right now? I guess that's asking for a little bit of prognostication. Uh, but I, I wonder if you've if you've looked at this, considering everything that's going on in the world right now. Uh, I mean, have you been tempted? I actually have done this about a week ago because I run a weekly newsletter called And Now cards and consciousness in terms of exactly where we are and I use my various decks and I think we are all so concerned about where we find ourselves. I'm quite sure that listeners to anything that you're doing would consider themselves to be part of the network of light workers which I believe we all are, I think we knew that we were coming here to see this transformation in consciousness that we are undergoing, to hold the light, to give one another support during these very dark and challenging times. I said to a friend of mine who is a very well-known psychic living close to where I am in upstate New York, What were we thinking? We said we would be here, but this is so painful. And when I decided to use my cards, this new deck, to ask about whether we were really on track and what we are, what is actually happening, I get a confirmation of my own intuitive hit that we are here to see this transformation take place and that things are definitely going to improve. I see a change happening at the end of the year against what our logic may tell us, but I see a change for the better. And I think the United States of America has a chance now to become everything that it promised to be, everything that it may have been for a minority, but certainly not for the majority of Americans. And we have an opportunity now to really start to live out the promise of what this new world can be in terms of how we live in respect and harmony with the earth and how we learn to honor otherness in one another and to celebrate our diversity instead of what we have been forced to look at beneath the surface that has been the reality of life for too many in this country for too long. So in spite of everything, I really do feel an optimism that things are going to be changing and for the better and in many ways a new beginning for us to live up to everything that is promised to the United States for all of us, regardless of what we look like, what we believe, who we love, and what we are here to do. Well, you know, I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that because um, I have to say, 
Um, it, it sort of jives with where I've been. Um, I have had this feeling of op- optimism in spite of the darkness, you know, uh, and, you know, and I would check in with myself, you know, and I would say, uh, you know, is this, de- am I just deluding myself? Um, and, 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 it, and it always comes back, no, you know, um, things are going to get better. They're, they are going to get better very soon, um, and you can kind of hold on to that. And um, a, a woman that, I li- that lives nearby me, I kind of refer to her as my mountain mentor. She's in her 80s, and she's, you know, of like mind. And um, she had a circle one night, and she told us about uh, this um, – I guess you could, for lack of a better word, uh, she didn't even know what to call him, but she called him her guru. Um, He said about uh, 10 years ago that, you know, we would not see, um, uh, you know, real uh, evolution in this country until the country had been brought to its knees first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we are right now. We are on our knees. You know, we have been brought to our knees. All norms are, you know, the, the president is fleecing the United States, you know, the ultimate con man, uh, all of this. Uh, you know, the rule of law is out the window. Uh, I mean, everything, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, it could get worse, but it's pretty bad. We're down on our knees. We're not flat on our face. <laughs> Um, but but I, I really believe that prophecy that, you know, um, we, had, we had to, you know, and it's kind of like when a person hits a low, you know, uh, you hit a low and there's nowhere up, there's no place to go but up. And um, I don't know, I've just felt that that's what would happen. Uh, it's just, uh, it's hard to feel it. Um, and be optimistic uh, if you watch the news every day. So I have been trying to, you know, take the news in little bits um, so that it doesn't, um, I guess, uh, how would you say, you know, so it doesn't obliterate uh, what I feel is a true intuition that we are going to come out of this okay in a few months. I agree with everything you've said, and I love the uh, the message that this woman gave. One of my favorite teachers is Professor Rick Tarnas, who is there in the Bay Area. He wrote the book Cosmos and Psyche um, and various other works, and he has said that in terms of this transformation, unless each of us is living by not knowing how this is going to work out, not just as an intellectual exercise, but actually being initiated into the true change because we don't know, then we know that we are part of the initiation. If we sort of intellectually knew, okay, this is all going to work out, emotionally we feel it's all going to work out, we don't really take advantage of the initiatory process that humanity is undergoing and I think for all of us the way in which we're living with this great unknown is helping all of us develop resilience and strength and testing our faith because I think just as you said Karen for each of us as optimistic as we were 
believing ultimately things were going. It feels like our feet are being held to the fire when we see what the United States has been reduced to, not only here within our own shores, but for what we stand for as an emblem for hope in the rest of the world, our feet are to the fire. And in spite of that, I think we all recognize that there is a truth that all will be well. And that's why using the card as an oracle or whatever other tools your listeners use to really get in touch with their intuitive that goes way deeper than the intellect, I think this is a way of confirming for ourselves, switch off the TV, don't allow these images to put that extra pressure on ourselves. I think in each and every moment, Are you there, Heather? Heather? Um, I am not hearing you. Hmm. Oh, looks like uh, Heather has, uh, her call has dropped. Uh, So we're going to wait for her to call right back in. Um, I'm sure it won't take but a minute. So um, anyway, uh, oh, there she is. Uh, One second. Uh, Here she's back with us. Oops, something happened again. Hang on. She's having some technical difficulties, uh, but she's going to be back. Uh, So anyway, as I said earlier, um, if you stick with me toward the end of the show, uh, after I'm finished my conversation with Heather, um, I'm going to talk to you about how to schedule a spa day at home um, so that you can maybe give yourself um, some, um, you know, some feel-good me time. But wait, I see Heather is back, uh, so I am going to open the line so she can speak again. Just a minute. Hi, I'm um, sorry it be. seems like our call got cut off, but yes, I am back. Okay, great. So do you remember where you left off? You were you were saying that... Um, yes. Uh, okay, go ahead. I was talking... Sure, no, I do recall. I was talking about the fact that we can all use different tools or means of amplifying the intuitive gifts we have that I think will give us a truer reflection of where this is all headed. Because if we look just at what the intellect can pick up and we listen to what's going on through the media and whatever means we are using to get the so-called news of the day, it is extremely disheartening and anxiety-provoking. And I think we each have the choice of using the off button and also of finding ways that we can choose to step into the fear or stay out of it and select to rather hold the light and join with our fellow light workers in allowing this transformation to move gracefully through 
to bring the results that we are all hoping and working towards. But let me ask you, Heather, um, for some tips and also your opinion. Um, granted, we all do have to tune out to the everyday news, but do you think there's something to be said for feeling the urgency? I mean, I, I'll talk to some people and they'll say, um, oh, I never watch the news. I can't, I can't stand it. But, you know, there's something to be said for if you – you know, you you have to know to a certain extent what's going on in order to maybe make informed decisions. Um, uh, however, uh, you know, it's almost as if we have to allow ourselves to feel what's going on to maybe um, be invested enough to help make the change. To um, or, or or does the light worker? in your opinion, need that to do their work? Does does that question make sense? It makes absolute sense, and I think that any of us who are thinking individuals question ourselves in this way every day, and I think, yes, we do need to appreciate the enormity of what is happening. We each have a different level of how we process that, And I think that for each of us, we need to be aware what is going on is major, but the minute we feel ourselves sliding into this hopelessness or feeling of extreme anxiety, I think we have the choice of saying, I feel this, I acknowledge it, I see it, what am I going to do? Continue by putting my own anxiety in the general pool of fear that is out there? Or am I going to acknowledge what I feel, breathe deeply, step into the present moment, just become aware of the natural world, and align myself? I love the words of the desiderata that whether or not we know it, the universe is unfolding as it should. And if I have a choice, being aware, letting it go, and then choosing love and light for this moment, right here, right now, I believe that's the way I can cope best. We do need to know what's happening, but we still need to find faith in what our own intuition is telling us, this all will work out. And I think that if we're not feeding the fear, we're doing as much as can really be asked of us. Okay. All right, we're going to take a little break here. Um, I uh, have a word from Joe Carson uh, I want to share with listeners. But, Heather, when we get back, um, I want to talk about a few different things. Um, I want your tips on how we can kind of clear our mind to maybe get in touch with our intuition when we use uh, decks like yours. Um, I want to hear more about your Zoom classes coming up. And, um, you know, if your deck, this new deck, is actually out there for purchase yet. So that's where we'll we'll uh, kind of take things um, when we come back. I also want to hear more about what you want to tell us about the deck. Uh, but first, uh, here's a word from Joe Carson, and then we'll be right back. 
say a few things about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. Here is what Drusilla Pettibone said on Dearmist.com. I was truly touched and even awed by the film. I don't think I can comment on it adequately until I've had a chance to watch it a couple more times. I really appreciate that there is so much substantive information to digest. For example, the info about hinges and tracing the horizon line is all new to me and totally fascinating. The film was obviously very beautiful and I was amazed how it was able to capture so many of the descriptions visually and seamlessly connect vintage footage with modern. I especially loved when images were dynamically superimposed on each other, like the lace with the water and the dancing in the flowering meadow. A visual feast and with so many layers. I am also so pleased to have been introduced to Monica Shu and her work. It's so important for pagans to become aware of our heritage. It seems easily lost among so many new books, and the film really brought me home in a new way. Dancing with Gaia is available at dancingwithgaia.com. Dancing with Gaia uh, is available at dancingwithgaia.com. And I just want to mention something. Um, If you're a regular listener, you know that uh, sometimes uh, we have a commercial for Dancing with Gaia or Joe Carson's other book, um, Celebrate Wildness. Now, those um, are greatly influenced by... um, uh, a group, uh, actually a tradition, uh, called Feriferia. And uh, that was created by um, uh, a gentleman by the name of, uh, of Adams uh, some time ago. Uh, he uh, has since uh, passed away, I believe, but uh, his uh, tradition lives on. And we have a very special uh, show coming up uh, with Joe Carson, actually uh, here on the show. Um, and I wanted to make sure I uh, share that with you, if uh, you know, so you'll know in advance and can mark your calendars rather than it, you know, just pop up in your um, uh, email inbox if uh, you've clicked the follow button. Uh, anyway, instead of having a show next Wednesday and the following Wednesday. Uh, we're going to do a weekend doubleheader with Joe Carson. And on Saturday the 12th at 1 o'clock Pacific time, uh, Joe Carson is going to be with me uh, talking about Feriferia, that tradition, and how it came to be. And then the next day on Sunday at 1 o'clock, she's going to join with some of the people in her group, and we're going to do an experiment. We're actually going to try to do a Feriferia ritual on the air right here on Voices of the Sacred Feminine. So um, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be something new and fresh. Um, I think probably most people have not heard a lot about Feriferia. Uh, it should be a, a real experience. So um, 
um, I'm looking forward to that. So mark your calendars. Okay, so um, if you've just tuned in late, uh, I have been chatting with Heather Mendel, and uh, we're talking about uh, her new deck, uh, the Parallax Oracle. Um, Heather, um, uh, welcome back to the show here, and um, let's start with maybe some tips for the novice or even maybe um, the not-so-green person who struggles. Um, how can they kind of clear their mind so they can connect with their intuition? And is there a way to know if you're doing it and, you know, you're not just, I don't know, deluding yourself? I know exactly what you're saying, and I think, again, those are questions we ask ourselves. I think that using a deck like the tarot is extremely helpful if you are using it for spiritual practice rather than for telling the future. And the reason I say that is our minds are so filled with so many different things, we have to learn to discriminate between what is the intellect and that constant voice that is going on within us all the time that is very closely allied to our thinking and intuition, which may come to us in language, it may come to us in image, it may come to us as a feeling. We all have a strong intuitive force. The more we use it, the stronger it gets, the more clearly we recognize it. And that's why I think that using any kind of oracle deck, but in this case we're talking about tarot, is extremely helpful. And so by pulling just a single card for yourself, by looking first and foremost at the imagery on the card, and then allowing your own perception to use that as the focus for what you should be working with on that day. For example, the new deck that I am bringing out and you asked if it's available yet, it will be for the general public at the end of October. I will have it available for people who are going to do the Zoom classes probably within the next four weeks. There is a deck of cards and a 175-page book that has been really generously reviewed by some of my favorite teachers. And I will be showing people how to do this particular spiritual practice of drawing a single card for a day or possibly for the week that will tell you to focus either on your thinking your feeling, your intuition, or your actions. Those are the four realms within which we all operate. They are what the cards direct us to. And so in using a deck like the Parallax, which brings the Kabbalah and the Tarot together, if you were to draw, for example, a number uh, that I would just pick I'd say a number four, whatever suit it is, it's reminding you to go into the heart. 
to the seat of your compassion and we remember that all of these areas operate with its opposites. We as human beings or spiritual beings on a human journey are walking between the opposites. So when we look at an area in our lives like compassion, we also know that its opposite may be called strength or judgment, but we have to operate with those two forces in tandem. For example, if my heart is telling me to help to step out to work on behalf of somebody or somebody else, I can reach a stage where the well runs dry unless I know where to stop. If I'm only in a state of strength where I'm concentrating on saying no at all times, I do not allow the love energy to operate. So if I was to draw the number four of clubs, for example, which would be the four of coins, it's telling me to look at what I am doing in the material world, where my actions are in a material world that are taking care of the needs of other people, the needs of the earth, as well as balancing where my own ability to help and need to say no come to rest right here, right now, not for next week. That may be a different emphasis. But for today, I need to look, having drawn that particular card, what am I actually doing? How much energy am I using? Am I doing this on behalf of others? What do I get out of it? Or am I just running the well dry? And I think that when we use the cards in this way to help us focus on one specific element during the course of the day, it's like an affirmation, but a, a visual affirmation rather than the words that we can interpret and put into practice so that we keep ourselves grounded and here to listen to the intuitive and then let that guide our steps for what we have to be going to accomplish. Heather? Heather, um, I need to just remind you to because um, there were I, I, we und- I could understand everything you said, um, but there were a few words that I had to struggle a bit. So please make sure you're keeping um, the mic close to your mouth. Okay. Will do. Will do. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. I know sometimes when we, you know, get involved with something we're we're talking about, we don't realize that we're. Uh, you know, sometimes pulling the mic uh, away from our mouth because we've turned our head or something. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I do want to ask you um, about, um, you know, receiving uh, intuition. You know, this idea, you know, maybe it's just me um, because of, you know, my skeptical Virgo self. But, you know, I've I've had this long talk with myself about allowing, allowing uh, the universe to speak to me and not being judgmental or not uh, questioning it so much and just sort of, you know, let the spigot flow, so to speak, and we can decide what we think maybe the universe is telling us by whatever symbols or tools we're using. 
And um, I wanted to just share with you the other uh, Friday was my birthday, and uh, when I got up from my altar uh, from saying a prayer, um, I flipped on the computer, and you know how the screen, I mean, at least my screen pops up with a new scene of a new place uh, every day. And I just found it interesting that um, the computer opened, and here was the birthplace of Aphrodite. And I have to tell you, in all the years, um, the computer, you know, I've opened the computer and looked at the new scene. It's never been a sacred goddess site. But it felt like here on my birthday, it almost felt like it was a gift. And then later that night, I went on the back deck and was using the stationary uh, bike. And uh, it, was, it was probably 10 o'clock at night. It was pitch black outside. You know, I'm up in the mountains, so it's, it's dark. There's no street lights. But I see this image um, of a bear that's walking across our lawn. So I went to my spirit animal book. And it talked about bears being about uh, setting clear boundaries and not compromising and uh, ask for what you want, whether or not you feel you're going to get it. And I can't help but say that is exactly, you know, so appropriate with some issues that were going on in my life. And I don't know, if, if something like that pops up in your life, should you feel like these are messages from the universe, or are we just, you know, um, kidding ourselves? I go with what you're saying 100%. I first of all think the universe has a sense of humor, and I think that when we ask for signs, they come and they come in the strangest of ways. You talk about turning your computer on and seeing an image that relates to you as a person on your birthday. It's almost as if the intuition drops little crumbs in the forest for us to follow the trail home. If we ignore them, they are meaningless. If we really start to pay attention and we give thanks, there's almost an expectation that as we ask, a sign will be given, these occurrences happen more and more. You mentioned seeing the bear and looking up what the bear means for you. I remember several years ago when I was designing a Lenormand deck that required me to create a little fox on the card, I saw something walk past my window, which I thought at first was a Labrador or something like that, and looked again, and lo and behold, it was a fox. The only time I've ever seen one, it actually sat down underneath some shrubs, and it sat there, and I kind of looked at the fox, and the fox looked at me, and it got up and it walked away. Coincidence? Yes. I love what one of my teachers said, coincidence is the divine's way of staying anonymous. So I don't think <laughs> these things are happenstance. I think these things are really confirmations for us to trust that inner sense of knowing serendipity, coincidence, synchronicity. These, I think, are the ways in which 
some of us get our messages. For some, we dream. For others, the radio turns on, the computer turns on, a book is open for us. We ask for a message and it comes. And I love to see the amusing ways in which it speaks to each of us individually if we're paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so many stories like that, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I remember when I was writing Sacred Places of Goddess, um, uh, the exact thing I needed always showed, uh, the, the exact reference I mm-hmm. needed always showed up. Or I'd walk into Barnes & Noble and there would be a new archaeology book uh, about just what I needed, uh, you know, for a reference. Um, it, it's really pretty uncanny. Um, if you are paying attention and after a while you sort of get used to it you know and Mm -hmm. not that you take it for granted but it it really does become real and it sort of um, you know helps you uh, feel that oneness of all life like you talk about um, the parallax oracle helps um, you know, helps one do. Um, it, what else do we need to know about the Parallax or, uh, Oracle, Heather? We have about uh, five more minutes. Well, um, the deck will be, the deck and book as a combo will be available via Amazon or on my website for the public from the end of October. Um, I personally think that it is. Um, something that people who are interested in Kabbalah will find a practical day-to-day way of understanding what Kabbalah teaches. For the tarot reader, I think it will add another nuanced layer of meaning to the way they already use and interpret the deck. I have decided that I'm going to offer these four two-hour classes for people who are either experienced or not with either of these two practices to be able on a one-to-one basis explain, show, and give an opportunity to use the cards in a way that they will then continue using the Parallax Oracle as part of a spiritual practice for those who decide they want to use the card as a prognosticative tool like tarot they're more than welcome to use them in that way but the goal of my doing this is to bring these two traditions together for people who really want to add that intuitive layer into their everyday life to become reliant on it when you've had an experience like you described karen with the bear and the aphrodite your soul recognizes that as different information to what your intellect brings on a daily level and once we start to experience it the intuitive is there constantly for us the more we get it the more we appreciate it, the more it is there. And I think that when we can balance getting information in our world, both intellectually and intuitively, we're operating at our full potential to be able to express into the world 
all the gifts that we have and the reason for our being here. And let me, let's just clarify, Heather, I gather from what you just said that one does not have to be well-versed in either or, Tarot or Kabbalah, to be able to use this deck. That's exactly correct, and I think this is a good starting point. Most people, when they think about a tarot deck, are familiar with the Rider-Waite-Smith deck that most people are familiar with. This will be an explanation of, I believe, where they came to their um, cards that they drew up. It's a real basic information that you can always use then to add on to if you have never used any other kind of tarot deck or in and of itself as a beginner's deck and certainly for somebody interested in the Kabbalah and its connection to the tarot, I think this is the book I wish I would have had when I started out because it would have given me the, the perspective of what I really was looking for and couldn't find at that stage. Okay. All right. Um, well, Heather, um, I want to uh, thank you for, um, you know, letting us know that this deck's going to be available at the end of October. Uh, and if someone wants to sign up for your four uh, two-hour Zoom classes, uh, tell us how they reach you. Absolutely. Heather Mendel at gmail.com is the email to which they can uh, send me a note. The classes begin September the 26th. They will be Saturday afternoons from 1 to 3 for four weeks. The cost of the class is $50 for all four classes. And there is an introductory offer of the combo book and deck for $55, which is probably less than the general price will be once we're ready to go. So people who are signing up are paying $95 for four classes, a 175-page book, and a 56-card deck, and the knowledge of how to start using the tarot deck with the heart of a Kabbalist. Well, and just being able to tap into your intuition, that's priceless. Uh, and, and it sounds like a great deal, Heather. Um, all right. Well, and that starts September 26th, correct? That's correct. All right. Well, Heather, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. I look forward to seeing your beautiful art uh, in these decks. And uh, best of luck with your new project, and um, hope you get lots of folks signing up for the Zoom classes. Thank you so much, Karen. Much love to you and to all your listeners, and hopefully that as the cards have promised, we can look forward to a really much better 2021. I, I, I agree with you there, because 2020 has certainly been lost. <laughs> Thank you, Heather, and, and best of luck to you, too. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Okay, so uh, just a couple more things uh, before we say goodbye. 
Um, I'm going to share with you uh, how to schedule your own spa day in just a moment. Um, And I'm going to close the show with um, in honor of Aphrodite because of that uh, special uh, picture that popped up on my screen for my birthday. Uh, I'm going to close the show with some music by Lane Redman, which uh, is actually titled Invoking Aphrodite. Uh, So to sort of... say thank you to the universe uh, for that uh, special gift on my birthday. Uh, But first, uh, a word from Perry, uh, then we'll do the spa day stuff, and then we'll do uh, Lane Redman's uh, Invoking Aphrodite um, uh, song with her drumming. Okay, here is Laura Perry. Uh, Take notice. The Minoans of ancient Crete, an egalitarian society, where women were honored, where the sacred feminine was revered, where peace and prosperity reigned for centuries. Hi, I'm Laura Perry, and I'd love to help bring the ancient Minoans to life for you. Explore Minoan spirituality with my books, Labyrinth and Horns, and Ariadne's Thread. Embrace your creative side with the Minoan coloring book and discover the wonders of divination with the Minoan Tarot. You'll find all these at Amazon and other good online and local bookstores. Find out more on my website, lauraperryauthor.com. Well, I can't say enough about Laura Perry's work. Uh, she's a gifted author and um, has her hand in so many different things. Uh, she's one of the people uh, who uh, is responsible for reconstructing uh, a Minoan tradition in contemporary times. So uh, you'll definitely, I think, want to check out her book, uh, Labrys and Horns. So, uh, yeah, I thought this was something we really all needed, uh, considering uh, the stress and anxiety out there. I actually pulled it out of a, uh, a magazine that uh, AAA, the Auto Club, uh, puts out. And I liked it because, you know what, it's, it was simple. Uh, it didn't make me feel like it was adding another chore to my list of things to do. Um, and so I, I thought I would share it. Maybe it can be uh, of help uh, to some of you out there uh, to, um, you know, be good to yourself, you know, um, some, you know, self-care. So it's called uh, uh, Pamper from Home, and it says many of us are experiencing some anxiety uh, with the uncertainty happening in the world now. Uh, rather than reacting in the moment, self-care is key. Um, and those were the words of Jacqueline Berry. Uh, she manages um, uh, Miraval Life in Balance Spa um, in Dana Point, uh, California. Uh, she suggests beginning the day with a brief meditation or a few rounds of sun salutations, which is a series of 12 yoga poses uh, that uh, you coordinate with breathing to kind of create, um, you know, one fluid sequence. And uh, she says, go for a walk or write in a journal. Uh, These practices can calm and energize you and help build a resilient spirit so you can face the day. 
Uh, she says you can create a self-care sanctuary without leaving the house. Uh, here, uh, Barry provides tips for indulging in a full-day wellness agenda that focuses on mind, body, and spirit. So uh, it says, um, you know, and you don't have to do all of these things, maybe just one or two or few, but um, here is kind of the agenda for the day if you want to create a spa day for yourself. So in the early morning, uh, do breathing exercises and gentle stretches. Uh, Barry suggests the five, seven, eight breathing technique, which means, you know, the five, seven, eight means you breathe in for five seconds, you hold for seven seconds, and you breathe out for eight. So, I mean, you can do that while you're laying in bed, um, you know, or like they say, you know, uh, gentle stretches. Uh, then a bit later after you get up, uh, eat a healthy breakfast, uh, then go for a walk. Uh, late morning, um, you know, you can do strength training or yoga. Um, I'm sure most of us have uh, Tai Chi or yoga or stretch videotapes. I mean, there's all sorts of free things that you can get online as well, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, to uh, tap into. Um, then in the afternoon, uh, eat a healthy lunch, uh, and follow with some creative time. Um, I don't know about you, but um, it's a real gift when you start a creative project and you sort of just get into that zone, you know what I mean? Um, that's a fun place to be, uh, that, that zone. And uh, she's saying, you know, paint, do a craft, uh, indulge in any activity that relaxes you and brings about enjoyment. Now, you know, I know these things uh, are simple, and, uh, you know, this isn't rocket science, but I think the problem is we don't stop and think about taking the time to actually do them. Um, so then late afternoon, she says, apply a homemade face mask and a body scrub. Well, I'm going to tell you about the face mask because she has a recipe here. Uh, or you may have your own, or I'm sure you can find one online, but I'm, I'm going to tell you how to make one before we go. Um, then in the early evening, she says, lounge with a heated neck roll or a weighted blanket while you're reading a book or listening to your favorite music. Um, I know I can tell you when I've had uh, some anxious times, uh, books have saved me uh, more times than I can count because you disappear, you know, out of your world and into the world in the book. And then in the evening, the final, uh, the final step for your spa day is reflect on a pleasant memory and write it down in a journal. Or I might add, um, send a note to a friend uh, someone who you appreciate for something, someone that maybe you owe a thank you to, um, send them that note. Or just um, think about what you have to be grateful for because I think sometimes we forget about that too. And I really think um, uh, recognizing what we have to be grateful for is like a magic bullet. It can really kind of change our attitude and um, uh, start a different tone for ourselves. So uh, about making that mask that they recommend uh, for the late afternoon, uh, this is a soothing 
uh, face mask. Um, they say honey is naturally antibacterial. Oatmeal provides gentle exfoliation, and coconut oil has nourishing acids and vitamin E. So they say take three tablespoons of raw unpasteurized honey, two tablespoons of ground raw oatmeal, two tablespoons of pure coconut oil. So that's three tablespoons uh, raw unpasteurized honey, two tablespoons ground raw oatmeal, two tablespoons of pure coconut oil. Combine all the ingredients in a bowl and mix. Adjust amounts as needed to make a creamy paste. Apply with your hands or brush. Uh, to a clean, dry skin, uh, but you want to avoid the area around your eyes. Leave it on for 15 to 20 minutes. And here's a tip. Before applying, do a patch test on the inside of your arm to check for any allergic reaction. Uh, most people will see a reaction within an hour if they're sensitive to the product, but it's recommended to wait 24 hours. I guess they have to say that uh, for liability reasons because one never knows um, how our bodies are different. And uh, here's um, a little quick recipe for a healthy snack called Coconut Almond Energy Bites. Um, makes 12 to 14 pieces, four cups of rolled oats, two cups of almond butter, two cups of bittersweet chocolate chips, two cups of coconut flakes, one and a third cup of maple syrup, one tablespoon of vanilla extract, one teaspoon of kosher salt. Mix the ingredients in a large bowl to well-coated, and the mixture holds its shape when pressed into a ball. Skip, uh, scoop, scoop teaspoons of the mixture onto parchment and chill for two hours. Remove from parchment and let thaw to room temperature, where the bites will keep fresh for five to seven days. So, um, hope that might be a little, a little treats and some little tips. Um, if you actually do do this. Uh, email me. Let me know how it was. All right. So to close the show today, uh, in honor of that special gift I believe the universe sent me on my birthday, uh, that birthplace of uh, Aphrodite um, in Cyprus uh, that showed up on the screen, uh, I am going to play for you uh, Lane Redmond's music, uh, which before she passed away, she was on the show many times, and she gave me permission to use. Um, this is the uh, Invoking Aphrodite uh, by Lane Redmond. Uh, so this is saying thank you to the universe. I saw your message, and I am grateful. Come, Aphrodite, pour 
Well, I'm not sure the audio that we have here on Blog Talk uh, does that justice, but um, that was Invoking Aphrodite by Lane Redman, and um, I would highly encourage anyone who's a drummer or likes this sort of music uh, or is, uh, has heard about the incredible work of Lane Redman uh, to look for it online and um, uh, enjoy it there if uh, the audio was not uh, 100%. All right. Uh, well, that about does it for me for today. And um, just looking ahead, as I said earlier, um, this uh, coming week, well, weekend after next, uh, weekend after Labor Day, uh, the 12th and 13th, that's that Feriferia doubleheader, uh, where Saturday we're going to um, sort of teach about Feriferia, what, it, what it's all about, where it came from. Uh, and then on Sunday, uh, we're going to do a Feriferia ritual. Uh, then the next time I'll be with you, I'm back on track, uh, Wednesday, September 23rd. Emmanuel Etier is with me. Um, he is the documentary producer uh, that uh, made so many uh, films, uh, like Femme, Women, and Healing the World. He calls it the Oneness Collection. Uh, we're going to be talking about those five documentaries that he made. Uh, that sort of helps humanity evolve. And then uh, September 30th, last Wednesday of the month, Margaret Rigolioso is with me, and uh, we're going to be talking about um, the true essence and um, uh, of Mary uh, because uh, she believes, and I concur uh, as a former Catholic myself, that what we learn about Mary is a very patriarchal view. And there's so much more to her that, um, you know, some people never think about, some people are never taught. So um, I believe you will enjoy that as well. All right, friends, um, I hope you have a great week. Um, you know, take some of Heather's uh, tips to heart about uh, connecting to your intuition and uh, seeing the messages that the universe uh, sends us. I think it only confirms, um, you know, about the oneness of that, uh, uh, that web of life. And I guess uh, the final thing I'd like to say in my closing is uh, may Isis embrace you in her golden wings and what you focus on. Uh, that grows and thrives, and what you neglect withers. So uh, take stock. Be really careful where you're putting your energy and uh, what you're maybe neglecting. Um, could be important. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in, and um, I will see you soon. Be well. Stay safe. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.